This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly and intuitive way to make your very own professional website portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order and, if you sign up for a year, a free domain name. That's squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. We'll do a Halloween special. His, with his orange foam and a spooky and Halloween spooky episode lighting, yeah. <laughs> God, the moment you proposed a spooky Halloween episode, now what I actually do desire is to get a stupid lightning effect to work, and also sync it up with XSplit and put bad skeleton drawings over all of the paintings. To, <laughs> I was thinking about the paintings. <laughs> to happen yeah. at the same time, so oh, that yeah. flash some lightning effects, then also reveal rich uncle and cool uncle's <laughs> skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> And also Nick Brecken's skeleton. I have no skeleton. That's the this, that's that's <laughs> that's the horrifying fact. It's the first podcast. It's the first podcast of September because it's September first, twenty sixteen. This is Idle Thumbs two hundred seventy eight. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. All right. Oh, you want to do the rundown, our classic opening? Yeah, so today we are going rundown. to... Rundown. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Deus Ex, mm-hmm. Mankind Divided, and then Nick Brecken is going to tell us about outrageous happenings. In... He's going to tell us about his wacky roller coasters. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the video game, Planet Coaster. In the video game, Wacky Coasters. <laughs> <laughs> The spiritual successor to Zany Golf. Yeah. Uh, but first, uh, a reminder, if you are in Seattle this weekend, either because you are there or because uh, you're visiting for the Penny Arcade Expo for PAX West, we have an Idle Thumbs meetup at the Diller Room on Saturday night. What time is that thing? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. roughly. I mean, we may just hang out longer. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, 7 p.m. at the Diller Room in Seattle, which is downtown. It's walkable from the convention center. Uh, it is a bar, so it's 21 and up. We had some some people ask about that, so I, I'm sorry about that, but that is the case. Yep. Uh, and um, drinks aren't free or anything because we can't afford to do that. But they so, are custom and wacky. So yes. if you've ever wanted to drink a Dot Gobbler, that's happening no at the Delaware. No one has wanted that ever. <laughs> well, once you see the a recipe, you'll want it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, there may be also a rich uncle and a cool uncle. I'm sorry if you are a person um, who is in the idle... Thumbs Cocktail Jam who made a bunch of drinks based on episodes. These aren't those. The bar uh, wanted to do their own, but it's a really nice bar. So yeah, It is a good bar. They have good drinks. And good food, actually. They do sort of small plates. So um, we are uh, they're very generous in letting us giving us as much space as they are for this event. So please buy their drinks and food yep. as, so, a, as appreciation. Yep. Idle Thumbs fans hanging out. Good drinks, good food, probably some video games to play, and a weird VIP lounge hidden inside of this bar that you can all 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 available to enjoy. Yeah. And all these details are actually uh, on our email newsletter. If you go to tinyletter.com slash idle thumbs, you can see the archive of of uh, of email newsletters we've sent out and this is described in great detail there. Uh, might send one more of those out before PAX just to give it to remind everyone. But anyway, that's that. On to video games. Video game discussion and criticism. Yes. So I've been playing I've been playing so much Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Did you beat it? 
No, I did. Well, no, far from it. I couldn't be farther from it almost because you're still in the tutorial. I'm, <laughs> I'm st- I mean, I, the tutorial. I am so early in this like, game. Guys, I'm, but my settings are so optimized. <laughs> <laughs> you're so far from beating this game. Yeah, because I'm so I'm playing this game in a way that is maximizing the things I love about it and the things I really oh, don't min-maxing. like about it. I am min maxing in a unintentional and weird way. Um, which is that I'm playing this game the way I play all games like this, Deus Ex or other similar games, of which there aren't that many, uh, which is just to do every single side quest, to explore every single area, to like to exhaust everything that the game is making available. So I've played this game for probably, tw- I think, 12 hours now is my Steam clock. And, I, you know, I'm barely into the story. I haven't left the main hub ever yet. Um, I mean, I... I I, t- I take it as a given that the game goes to other locations, like, you know, cities or locations or whatever. Um, and I haven't gone to them yet because I'm I'm just doing so many things. Just living life to the fullest. Yeah. And it's, it, it is a reminder that I, uh, that this kind of game, you know, the very player driven um, kind of multiple routes through areas, you know, access information through lots of different ways, sort of hacking versus breaking in versus finding a code versus just like fighting people. Like there's so many, you know, that way of interacting with a densely populated game world just gives me so much enjoyment on a base level. Um, it's, it's outrageous. And there's almost nothing like it. I mean, there are so few games. I mean, like there are so few examples of it. I mean, yeah, right. Like there are so few games like this and I enjoy it so much. And the bummer is that my 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 extreme enjoyment of it means that the way I play this game is, you know, as I say, like extremely exhaustive. I'm, I I just see every single area in the game that I have access to multiple times, and I'm I know the city layout inside and out. And they did an amazing job, I think, with the hub because the way you get around it is the the load screens are subways. So you go in the subway and you go to a different subway stop. And that's then there's a whole other area and it's also huge. And they did a really great job with like the nicer part of town versus the more rundown part of town. And all the apartments are have very different character in those different parts of town, the different subway stops. And it feels very much like a place with with different identities, you know, in different parts of the city. And it's so great. But unfortunately, exploring it at this um, level of detail means that I'm just like constantly exposed to what is in my opinion the absolute dumbest part of the this game which is the constant reminder that this is a world in which people with augmentation are like oppressed and discriminated against and there's like apartheid basically there's like different lines for augmented people versus what they call naturals and and like the police are constantly roughing up augmented people and I re- I just think it's a total I just think that that whole thing is a failure like I don't think it works I like it's I, I don't think drawing this comparison of like cool cyber arms to like apartheid and and civil rights issues and like Jim Crow and like I, I just don't think I think the analogy <clears throat> is very very bad and it feels like if you're going to make that analogy you would flip it and have the augmented people which clearly are the people that can afford to do all sorts of well, stuff to their body in the previous game right yeah okay. I know well also and I haven't played this game at all but I, I did see that what the storyline and I guess I guess this is the end of the first game which I did play 
Um, but at some point, the modified people are like become responsible for the deaths of like fifty million yes. people, yes. or which is but that some okay. insane yes. number of people. So I loved the first. I loved Deus Ex: Human but, Revolution. Absolutely, that was the dumbest thing in that entire game. That is the very ending. Right? There's, I mean, there's I mean, also not like, a way where that somehow means that institutionalized oppression of a, a like entire group of humanity is going to flip and suddenly all of the rules of how society works are going to f- do a 180 like yeah like yeah, the, yeah i, I it's it just not sold well it doesn't really make sense logically um like, I, I like that hilarious world uh though i guess we're like if a bunch of previously oppressing white people blew up a huge chunk of the earth, somehow they become the like subjugated group in humanity. That seems right. like that's just not going to track. That doesn't yeah, track. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't track. And it's also based <laughs> on just sort of a ridiculous premise, right? You know, and it's uh, it just it, Ogs, Chris. I <laughs> think yeah, about it. I, I God, there's a poster in the game that says "Augmented Lives Matter," and it's just like that, come that was on. that was called that way, oh. way, way before the game. I know, but I, I but I but I ignored it at the time because I'm like, well, okay, it's the Maybe that was just for a trailer. Like, who knows, mm, right? Like, yeah, maybe it's just some marketing. Guy I have no who idea. It was cool. But it's yeah. actually like in the game, and right. I find it to be really so distasteful. These, like, these highly suspicious choices uh, being around to just rub themselves in your face is, is detracting from what you're enjoying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the problem is so, so the reason that it is so like in my face is because. I'm again. I'm exploring the city in such great depth, with which it's like intensely enjoyable for me from a gameplay and sort of just general atmosphere standpoint. And so that's the way I choose to play the game because it's really, really fun for me. But as a result of that, I'm constantly hearing like the same news reports, the same radio reports, seeing the same newspaper articles, like see, like. I'm constantly going into all the same apartments and places, not the, necessarily the actual <laughs> same apartments, but like, you know, the same kinds of Beleggered conservative Chris Ramo wanders urban environments. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I just, I'm just hearing this stuff again and again and again. And it, one, it reveals how little of it there is. And that's understandable because it's really hard. Yeah. Just making a content driven game, it's really hard to make infinite unique content like that that's really hard so you know that I can, i'm not necessarily holding against them but it is a bummer when the stuff you hear again and again is predicated on what i see as like an extremely flimsy fictional premise um i wish you just were a little bit more empathetic towards augmented people <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing about it is like it's <clears throat> not like being augmented is genetic it's not like it's gonna last for generations so it's just, gonna, oh it oh seems oh, like, oh, oh so it's a choice oh. Yeah, wow, I mean, wow, Chris. Wow. Interesting, Chris. But also, okay, so whatever. It's <laughs> this, is too, this, is, this is your RimWorld speaking, right? No, okay. Because <laughs> in RimWorld, in RimWorld yeah, yeah. Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah. It's not even that it... Like, it's irrelevant whether it's a choice or not, because it's a choice that was already made in the past, <laughs> so people can't unmake the choice. So fair enough. <laughs> but, like, you, the, the fact that society has seemingly been entirely upended for the sake of that like this isn't something that you're going to be able to perpetuate for generations because people are just going to stop getting i don't know chris if you if you uh if you just if you take your eyes off those augmented people for just one minute they're going to slap a weird eye on their baby (laughs) (laughs) i think we all know this as normals yeah (laughs) true yeah Anyway, sorry for speaking. I'm sorry for saying <laughs> stuff that I've said on this podcast so far. That's good. Sorry for ruining it. Yeah, I, and it's anyway. I like as I say, it's a bummer because the experience of playing this game is so good. Like I love it so much. It's 
again, because there's so few games like it. And if so, there just weren't so many augmented people in it, which you just can't <laughs> stand being near. Oh. <laughs> if they just weren't in the game so you could enjoy being in this lovely city. <laughs> well, your guy is augmented also. Oh. And he's oh, like, oh, your guy? Oh. <laughs> he's also just so lame. He's just such like a he's just such a dork. It's which is the, the thing a thing that's funny about this game and also kind of makes the moral message even sillier cuz it's People in the context hate of this guy just being like sick augmented cyborg hackers were so <laughs> oppressed by well, society. The thing is about this guy is he's not even like that. He just has no opinion. He's just like well, I see. Like it's just everything. He's just like, oh, because they. Don't, you can tell the designers don't want to like put a strong point of view on this guy because they want they want the they want him to be a cipher for the player. I but just, just want. I just want. Lame. He's just like a lame guy. Who just I want oppressed nerds to be able to put into this character whatever they want and feel the and feel validation for being oppressed for being cool. Yeah, I, get, I mean, I think essentially, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a bleak take. That's not. I don't, I don't know if it's the t- real take or not. I have no idea. But I just. The I don't guy, think there's such thing as a real take, Chris. Jake, give me your real take. Real takes. Why isn't that phrase? Real takes. <laughs> our new segment. We had that fancy intro uh, this week, and we're also introducing. We forgot our, to we forgot to mention our, our yeah, the new seg. scheduled take <laughs> our scheduled segment. Real takes. <laughs> We gotta re-record that that initial. Oh no, Nick did it. He yeah, he brought fine. it in. We we got it. What was it? Could you play that intro back? Real takes. Real takes. Real 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 real. Yeah, Chris outdid himself on that little new stinger. Yeah. So. Uh huh. I perfected it. I recorded it again and again until well done. I had the perfect harmony. <laughs> real takes. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Better. that concludes this real take. Oh, no. I mm. wanted to ask you an actual. Oh, oh uh, yeah. The uh, real For real over. humans only. <laughs> For real. <laughs> real takes. No ogs. No ogs. No og takes. Uh, like the parts of the game where you are actually like sneaking around and, you know, yeah. turning off a video camera or whatever you do in Deus Ex. Yeah. Is that actually like, are you like, you, all oh, you're yeah, talking about is just it. skulking around the city. And I imagine what, by that you mean deus exing around the city. Like, I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. you mean do sexing. Do sexing. Do sexing. Yeah. No, I, I, I've seen, I, I think the, the general reaction to this game is um, not as, I mean, like setting aside the narrative elements, but mm-hmm. I just mean like the actual stuff you're talking about. Um, I think some people aren't as crazy about it as the previous game, and it's the, I'm not. I, I haven't read a lot of reviews, so I'm not really sure what the overriding sentiment is. I personally still think it's great. I mean, I, I really, again, as I say, I like how the city's designed. Um, I think they did a good job just overlaying tons of unnecessary like air vents and things. I mean, totally necessary for the game, but like you know, architecturally ridiculous air vents and and like door crisscrossing doors and you know, walls to punch through and stuff. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I I don't have a really um, carefully calibrated sort of opinion about how good that is relative to other Deus Ex games. I, it's, it's almost hard for me to even want to have a detailed critical opinion about that because, again, there are so few games that have this stuff in them now. Right, so just having that, one of the scale that it is is, is enough. Like, yeah. Is, is, that's like, yeah, that's and the city it. feels really big because, I mean, each there's... You know, several at least maybe there may be more, even more unlock. I don't know, but even just from the beginning of the hub, there are several large city areas accessible via subway, and each one 
you know, has a lot in it. I mean, I, I think it's great. I, um, I, the way that I play often, I'll end up sort of reverse engineering other ways into areas I've already gained access to, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll get into an area via hacking or I'll get into an area via, via climbing through an air duct. And then once I'm in the area, I'll like f- do further detailed sort of searches to see like, oh, what are the other ways I could have gotten into this? And then right. I'll leave through those ways. And like, I, you know, I just untraceable. Yeah. Um, Punching I, a hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's great about this game on that. Yeah, he was here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I go going. Oh, those ogs! I now find myself going back to like this is the third time this week apartment complexes I've already been, and there are just holes in the wall. Right from when right. I was there, I'm like, yeah. well, they haven't fixed these yet. Like, it would actually be really what great. It'd be really, really funny she, if there was. Just oh, like the a, landlord said he would fix it. And yeah. It's just like a fucking trashy plywood. Well, it would uh, be really good if in the nice part of town that actually gets right. Like, it's like <clears throat> Over yeah, and stuff. but in the, mm-hmm. in the shitty part of town, it's there forever, or there's just like one two by four like nailed over it mm-hmm. with the signs. You know, I don't know. That that would be that's an insane request. I'm not like that. I would never expect that, but uh, um, but it is uh, like there is a good the the way the game handles when you actually do that stuff. I really like because when you do something like punch through a wall, it makes a lot of noise and people around you will get freaked out. Like normal people who are not law enforcement will just like be like, what the hell? And like cower. And then, um, you know, if there are hostile, if there are enemies or sort of um, police or whatever nearby, they will start going on patrol and trying to figure out what's wrong. But if no one saw you do it, like they won't know that it's you. So you can just kind of calmly walk away while, while people are like, scouring the area trying to figure out what's going on. I, I like I think they did a really good job with that kind of that kind of system. You know, it feels believable and, and fa- fairly plausible. Although I guess maybe they should be able to infer that <laughs> the guy five feet away from the huge hole with like the robot arms. Right. Also from the like twenty other holes that have been punched in other buildings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They called punch- him the puncher. <laughs> like <laughs> when you punch through a wall in uh so I, I haven't played this game, but my assumption when you describe this is that it looks like Truman punching out of the crate of canned eggs from Futurama. <laughs> Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> no. The guy just kind of does like a big cheesy wind up with his right arm. Oh, so it's like when wall. Booker uh uses an elevator. It's it is basically like if Booker and Bioshock Infinite press the elevator button, but then his entire arm went through the elevator wall. God, if only they thought of that. <laughs> That's how Booker leaves an elevator. Right. <laughs> yeah, good. The whole punch sounds like a Silver Age comic book hero, where his his main power is to punch holes through mm. walls. I was thinking more like a, like a sort oh. of... London, like nineteen ten, like serial killer, like the Prague Puncher uh, or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, just yeah, like yeah. some some kind of like weird Tweety guy. That, yeah, the that whole also, punch like, is actually not. Uh, I mean, if what that would be now is just a um, very ornate mixology made uh, Victorian rum punch. The whole punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's I true. Like, I feel like I'm missing a pun. There punch. Is, oh, it would just be a punch bowl, but it would just be, <laughs> oh. that's all. And it would, it would probably be with a W. That's true. The whole, oh, I see. <laughs> but it would be a reference to that classic uh, comic book <laughs> that, character. Or that or classic, killer. Murderer. classic murderer. Or, yeah. Right. <laughs> and which, it would be I mean, delicious. which you are in which, this game. <laughs> that's true. You're a very- You are just a, actually, a, a weird murderer. I haven't killed that, a single person this whole game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been going out of my way. Every time I find a gun that has- that is lethal as opposed to like a stun gun or a tranquilizer gun. I sell it immediately to remove 
the to remove the temptation, but to make sure yeah. that it ends up circulating amongst the criminal underworld. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have killed Chris by way of the Deus Ex economy. Sure. Yeah. By circulating loaded weapons into God criminals' hands. Yeah. Anyway. If you sold a gun and it had a serial number, <laughs> it just, okay, just okay. Yeah. and then it was just like God, in, in a murder in the game or two, something. Two oh, people yeah. killed in a diner used by the weapon you sold to that oh, pawn oh, shop dealer. I want wow. that quest. Yeah, <laughs> that would be totally like in keeping with the with this world too, where everything is tracked and mm-hmm. cyber. You know, yeah. If, if you <laughs> cyber, just had a, little, a little interface where you can see that shit. Yeah, I mean that would be totally unnecessary detail, but also really good. Anyway. All right. Well, how about those roller coasters? Anyway, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I like it a lot, and, I, and there are parts of it I don't like. The end. <laughs> Real takes. Yeah. <laughs> Real takes. <laughs> so, Nick, I watched you stream. Mm. You said, uh, uh, oh, I remember the, the saga of this was Planet Coaster demanded too much of your computer, so you couldn't stream it. So you ordered right. an all-new GPU mm-hmm. to stream Planet Coaster. And then it seems like you basically did, like, a Twitch stream pledge drive drive where I thought you were going to be playing Planet Coaster for, eh, you know, a few hours. I believe that you played, like, 18 hours of Planet Coaster on a stream over the weekend. It felt like it Probably was 12. It felt like it was, like, two six-hour streams, two eight-hour streams yeah, or something. It was it turned into a, It turned into a real a real thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to play Planet Coaster and then maybe, like, start Dark Souls, and that never happened. Uh, nope. All the way, also, by the way, speaking of that, Jake, two, on two different occasions this weekend, Nick and I were... Nick was like, yes, due at my place on two different days, two different times. In both cases, <laughs> at the time he was supposed to be there, I went to <laughs> twitch.tv slash idle thumbs and realized, oh, interesting. His face is there live building roller coasters. Hmm. Huh. Didn't think of that. Did, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I really just didn't plan that well. My, my experience um, from watching you play Planet Coaster is, holy fuck, I want that game, and it's now not available again. They put it, it's not, you can't fucking buy wait, it right really? now, I think. You can't buy it on their website? I, I don't know. People in the, all over the stream. I saw a Steam ad for it the other day. Okay, maybe it's back again. People all over hmm. Steam, or all over the stream, were losing their minds because you were playing it, and it was, again, uh, no longer available for purchase. Uh, so we weird. only play games on Idle Thumb streams that no one can buy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I don't want to just tell you what you did, but the you, stuff in there was amazing. That well, those, can you explain the story yeah. of <clears throat> the cave that turned into a hamburger ride? <laughs> yeah. So I, I set out to do something that I didn't even know whether it was possible, which is to create um, a an underground ride in this game because the terrain deformation is really really powerful. And I was like, well, I I yeah, know yeah. that you can dig down into things. It, I know you can send a coaster through a mountain. Can yeah. You, can you cover a dig back up? Well, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I knew that you could to an extent, but I didn't know one how far you could dig down into a particular map. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I also had no idea whether, like, at a certain point, you would just start breaking things. Like, yeah, the the fact that you can make holes inside of the terrain. I mean, it's a thing that m- some modern game engines can do, but not mm-hmm. all. Like, I'm used to the standard version of that being you can just kind of raise and lower the ground to make hills. Right. Um, but in this, you can dig actual tunnels you can dig caverns yeah well i knew yeah so i knew you could create enough space around a coaster right i I had a pretty good idea that i could make just a totally underground coaster in just a tunnel what i didn't know is whether within that i could just start like tunneling out huge sections of land and the game wouldn't just completely wig out or like once you got in there in the ride like would the frame rate just go bonkers or would the lighting engine just start to fail like would it be a disaster 
Uh, turns out it's fine. Uh, so I just started making this huge hole, which I probably took like an hour <laughs> to fucking dig this <laughs> dumb hole in this game. I mean, like, the, the the and briefly the actual... bankrupted yourself. Yeah, I did bankrupt. I didn't think I didn't think that through very well. But I was playing on a map where um, the, you know the actual like economy is being simulated, uh, and just dug a hole that ate up like fifty thousand dollars, and then ran out of money. And so I just <laughs> had like a construction site that just wasn't finished. Um, which, yeah, it's not, it's not pleasant for a, for a theme park, but, um, so I dug this hole and then, um, I made a coaster that ran basically like up to a certain point and then, um, sort of did a few little, like a, like a single, like short little drop and then caught a little speed and then eventually just like made this crazy fucking hell ride coaster in the middle of this enormous pit that then like went up a ramp and then you know came back so it's kind of like the pirates of the caribbean where it starts at level ground goes down and then at the end it changes yeah, it looked like the... you built it into the sort of world that you would find if you dig down into minecraft and find a huge yes cavernous hole right but you dug it out yourself at great expense right um spare no expense and so i did that and then um so yeah, I set out to just make a pirate themed coaster because I know that there are like pirate things in there, but then sure. then the Twitch chat just started like coming up with like random ideas uh and it morphed into this weird uh narrative where you <laughs> there's this stupid mascot in this game who is horrific. He's this weird like he's the planet coaster mascot, but he's He's this circular dude with this enormous circular like circular dude. Well, he's not. He's not. He's not a perfect sphere. He's sort of lumpy um, <laughs> in sounds places. Sounds great. And 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 he's got this colon D face. You know, just like, and he just walks around making noises the like Brad that. Mirror. Like, hey. so he's like a dot gobbler. Yeah, he's like a, he is the dot gobbler basically. If you just colored him yellow and just he just walks around like, wait, he's a person. Terrifying, he's like a living. He's like a mascot. Person? You're gonna like in place mascot. Like a in costumed the game. mascot. Like costumed mascot. Mm. He's he's just terrifying. Like and the so, Mickey Mouse costume of this park is a weird planet going. Yeah, gross. And so yeah. I discovered oh, though he's a planet? that he's a planet coaster. That's true. Yes, he's, oh. I guess technically he has a planet, yeah, but he's white, like just pure white. It's weird. Anyway, so he's like Mr. Moon from McDonald's. Yeah, I guess so. Mac tonight. Mac tonight. Oh man, I don't know Mac why I thought tonight. His name was Mr. Moon. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> you know, classic <laughs> McDonald's character. <laughs> You probably asked your mom who is that, and she said Mr. Moon. <laughs> Classic MacDonald's character. <laughs> Mr. Anyway, Moon. Yeah. Planet Coaster himself. So I, I placed him on a path piece um, because – and so I, I basically what I started to do is create vignettes. So, like, I, I would hollow out a section of a wall, um, at, you know, along the coaster path, thinking, okay, I'm going to place, like, you know, just sort of, like – uh, a series of vignettes that will string together some kind of story. I don't know what it's going to be. It'll probably some be you know be something piratey because I, I only have so many pieces, so there's just no way to do anything else. Um, and so I, the first thing I did is I placed this path piece and dropped in a mas- the, the mascot uh, in front of this animatronic band that was playing like a jaunty tune. Um, and 
then I fired him by accident and I realized that he turned into like a sad guy trying to walk out of the park because he's fired. But because he's on a single path piece, he couldn't go anywhere. So he was just like a sad guy, just kind of like. <laughs> oh, so your ride has had like a sad man in it with a band playing behind him? Right. And then that <laughs> just spawned like a whole other theme that this, just that, like that, that single moment of realizing we can make this guy sad just turned into like, oh, now this the story of this coaster has to be about making this guy into like a sad, fucked up guy. Like, how do we make this story? Wow. So you didn't say this guy's sad and by the end of the ride, he's going to be happy. It's now the no, now, no, no. This is expl- This is his origin story. Now he's happy. So we made him happy there. But we're like, oh, now we can make him sad at the end. So this is this is, this is going to be perfect. This is the opposite of what any normal theme <laughs> right. park would tell. Yeah, yeah. And so then I realized, oh, we have all this like burger stuff. Like you have like, these giant burgers what? you can place for like, you know, because they're just like a burger vendor for like in to the make game. to do like vending uh, yeah, areas. Yeah, you can like yeah. vend burgers, but then there are just giant pieces of burgers, like a like a like a just, you know a burger t- like a like a bun top and a and a, a yeah. burger with cheese on it sure, and all these. Yeah, things. Okay. I was like, oh, and like she- <laughs> the name of the vendor is Chief Beef, and so you can right. there are all these like Chief Beef signs and like a Chief Beef mascot and all this garbage. <laughs> so we're like, oh my god. This will just be some kind of weird, like, burger hell where this guy is just walking in thinking, like, oh, this is like a party. And then somehow he's going to... I'm glad you have a a narrative here. Somehow it's going to... The coaster's going to drop down and he's going to realize that he's in some kind of strange burger factory where people, like the Wicker Man, where people like, <laughs> like, oh, come into my burger factory and have a burger with me. And then they turn him into a burger by the end like of it. Like the Wicker Man? Is he is he grilled alive? Yes, he is. And so is the coaster. <laughs> At a certain point, the coaster, God, somebody in chat had this idea and it was fucking brilliant. At a certain point, the coaster, right before the big drop, the very, the final like drop before this like insane cavern and all this shooting flame and stuff, there's a, <laughs> a, the top of a bun above the track, a, a bottom bun below the track, <laughs> and then flames shooting up. And so the coaster actually gets oh, made man. into a burger and then <laughs> drops straight down towards a grill that is like flames are like shooting up out of the bottom of this like track. That's not really narratively accurate to how bur- you don't put a bun on a burger before you grill it. You know what, Chris? <laughs> we're not gonna get uh, we're not at, gonna... at Chief Beef. At Chief that's Beef, their speciality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my real then. take. That's all. Well, I'm... All right, all right. Well, it's very sorry good. if my real takes are too hot, flame grilled for you. The, the meta story of this ride to me is that that this theme park is like got a huge coaster going in. And the guys in sales have just, uh, they just closed the deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole ride is underwritten by Chief Beef. And then they're like, this is what you built? This is, Chief Beef is knocking, the CEO of Chief Beef himself is going to ride this ride on opening day. And he's going to see this? <laughs> at the end of the We're ride. We're fucked. <laughs> at the end of the ride, the chain pulls you up uh, back like to level ground. Chain? And then you're outside. <laughs> And there are like, yeah. And there are three chief beef uh, vendors that are actually like servicing people. Right. <laughs> so the the you know the the story is that uh, they're eating the burgers that include like weird people that have been like cooked into them. <laughs> right. It's fucked up. Oh, like it's really actually good. you have you you go by three actual running chief beef yeah, yeah, stands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're just you know, people you know like the... oh burger, bur- oh delicious. Ooh. <laughs> you know the thing like, about that that is like <laughs> like using the sim, using the actual like storefront merchant. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. And then there's like a chief beef mascot who's just stuck in place. And he's like smiling and waving at everybody, like, "Hey, eat my burger!" You know the thing about that that makes the, <laughs> the so chief good. beef CEO's fears unfounded is that all you really have to do in that ride is just have like some s- aromas 
of some delicious mm. burger. Like, really, it doesn't matter what the fictional story is. Oh, because you walk out of it going, man, I really go like want a double like, cheeseburger yeah, from like, Cheese I beef. want that now just because I'm thinking about it. Like, I now currently mean. Well, that's, that's the irony. The, the Imagineers, Nick Brecken, <laughs> think about how, yeah, how subversive they're being. And then everyone who's. <laughs> paying them and run the theme parks like yeah. okay so you got the three chief beef uh, counters at the end of the ride <laughs> okay we're good <laughs> yeah that's true anyway so we made that and now we're doing um uh we're building a new blar we so i i, I made a, a piece of land it's in some part of the park that sort of vaguely looked like the uh, jurassic park island mm-hmm. so then of course it just turned into that but now instead of because we have all these pirate pieces instead of actually just trying to make jurassic park we're making we're we're the the theme is based off of the line in the film where Ian Malcolm says, John, when the when the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. So now it's just pirates <laughs> pirates escaping from uh, electrified fences <laughs> and and just, you know, overcoming the tourists. But then the, there's that is a so there's a ride that is that. That's depicting that happening depicting and then that you ride and then, and then there's then the actual ride, which is the ride that people will So you're watching will, will animatronic ride. pirates attack animatronic tourists as a real tourist on a roller coaster. Yeah, and man, okay, so last <laughs> night Yeah, it's really good. And then last night somebody um was like, oh man, there's a Jurassic Park Visitor Center on the Steam Workshop for this game, and I hadn't done any workshop stuff yet. Oh shit, there's a workshop! So I went to the oh, workshop, no. I opened it up right in the, the Steam um, UI, and uh, I was like, oh man, this Visitor Center looks really crazy, I guess I'll just subscribe, maybe I'll have to restart the game. No, it just instantly imports into the game. I built the thing, and then suddenly the guy who built that was in Twitch chat just talking to me. Oh wow! And he was like, oh man, I built this thing, that's really cool, here's how you like fix it, because there are like a couple of things that you can't, you can't place like path pieces and then upload that like it's only like the building chunks he was like just place the path here and it'll look great and I was like oh my god this looks amazing so then I placed that and then I realized oh the way this ride has to start the ride itself so the way it's going to work is the path goes into the the, the um, entrance of the visitor center so people would walk in there then the queue is inside there the, the track begins at the back of, like, inside the visitor center. So the story is that John Hammond, like, the second you get on this ride, John Hammond's statue is there. And then you will go through the story of Jurassic Park uh, with pirates escaping and then <laughs> return to the end of the visitor center. And so one half is, like, the happy visitor center. The other half is the climactic finale <laughs> with the giant pirate uh, being attacked by two smaller pirates and then everybody escaping. <laughs> so it begins and ends at the visit. Oh, God, it's so good. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm excited I'm for the really... next stream whenever that yeah. happens. Yeah. All right, well, you can, you can anyway. follow... Nick is, like, going back and, I think, uploading these in chunks to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if you want to catch up on YouTube, you can do that at youtube.com slash idlevideos or follow live at twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Yeah, twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Also, if the fact that you can do this in this game is not making you want to go play this game right now, you are a crazy person. Well, unfortunately, I think Nick or whoever, Jake, was right that you can't play this right now if you Mm. don't already have access to it. It looks like uh, the alpha sales, I think, are are over now. Hmm. So I think you can (gasps) right now... Right now it's in pre-order. I think it's going into sort of official early access beta in November. Okay, that's so, so long from now. Yeah. God damn it. Well, we'll keep tantalizing you with streams of a Jurassic. <laughs> There's already people putting stuff in Steam Workshop and you can't play it. I, I could be wrong about this. No, it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's a classic situation of one of these games that's been in development for a long time and you just cannot find yeah. current information because they. it's it's one of those things where the they've – and I know what this is like. I mean, I've worked on development teams, and it's easy to fall into this. I'm not, like, giving anyone shit for it. 
But when you've been working on something for a while like this and your your communication ends up just becoming sort of for the people who already know yes. what's yeah, going like, oh, on. Oh, well, now we've entered this phase that obviously everyone knows what it yeah. means. Yeah, and you got to go no, to the no, no, no. Well, even, even having like purchased this, which I think was like 75 bucks, um, you have to go to the forums and find a specific yeah. thread where they say, yeah. okay, now the beta is probably coming next week or things like right. that. Yeah, but the like, Planet Coaster... Um, Website store is now just selling pre-orders to the mm. beta and the Steam version. In some ways, I don't blame them just based on the early access kind of marketplace right now. Like, I don't blame them. Oh, for, I think it's smart for I, doing this for and, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what Overland has been doing. Yeah, you know, they've yeah. they've been doing these waves of alpha access, and I bet that's been really helpful for them mm-hmm. in terms of managing how many people they have to communicate with and yeah. get feedback well, from, and so on. St- there still just aren't a lot. Like, there are a lot of aspects of this game that haven't been enabled, even. You know, like mm-hmm. there are clearly things that are just sitting there Man, grayed I'm, out in the game. Well that, yeah, so I, and that I also think, makes this tiered aspect expectations management right. yeah. because no one's going to confuse it for that's, a done game. That's what, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, it, if they it, launched it right now, people would go like, oh, why isn't this game's bleh? It, you know, it but, paints a picture of a game that, although like right now it's called Planet Coaster and it seems like it only actually has roller coasters and you've been mm-hmm. using them to simulate other types of rides, but right. it paints a picture where Pirates of the Caribbean style boats or log flumes yeah. or like the Haunted Mansion Omnimover ride or vehicles may or may not at some point show up. But well, there's the, a whole transport ride section that's great. That's great out, and so mm, clearly, oh Exc- that's exciting. You'll at least <laughs> get some kind of like monorail. You'll at least get some kind of like probably single seat right. like little or thing that will the let train you do whatever. That. But yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll do a log flume at some yeah, point. I mean, they exciting. just added water, right? Like they just added the yeah. ability to add water to your terrain. So like they're gonna probably slowly roll things out. But um, yeah, it's everything this, so far is this. Really, really uh, good. Planet Coaster seems like it's the finally the park sim. This plus Steam community means that it's the yep. first park sim that's going to have a fan sued by the Walt Disney Company for <laughs> successfully <laughs> building the entirety of Disneyland as oh, yeah. a simulated oh, man, park, yeah. including mm-hmm. all the goddamn rides. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, just wait for the fucking imager gallery of that park. Uh, that yeah, the crazy. guy who built or the just Disneyland download one. that park and like I know, yeah, I just yeah, mean yeah. that we're like right. that's going to be a like two point five million view mm. imager gallery. It's, within, it's like, when a the month. person puts the Disneyland map up and then someone downloads it who is the sort of like dead end thrill style GPU hacking guy who puts yeah. all of the really nice uh, yeah. shaders and post effects on it. That's the gallery that goes yeah. that explodes. Like remember when that was the Minecraft thing for a while when people were like, oh, oh, yeah. it was a city skylines thing. I mean, yeah. any of these games where you can build very large, expansive things end yep. up getting crazy galleries and, then, and it's awesome yeah yeah yep all right well planet coaster man it's exciting <laughs> it's very cool it's real just cool that someone's making this game and it's weird that it's the elite dangerous people i mean it's not weird yeah. it makes sense historically if you know the history of that studio but it is just weird like as a slice out of time yep that 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 studio is making these two games and they're they both seem really cool yeah uh, anyway you guys want to take a break yes sure I mean, it's fine. Yeah, we can take a break. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by NatureBox. NatureBox will send you seemingly infinite varieties of delicious snacks in a box directly to your home or office. If you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs, you can get two bags of delicious snacks for free. NatureBox.com slash thumbs, two bags of snacks for free. I don't know if you guys are aware Mm. of the preposterous array of snacks NatureBox offers. I mean, I am, but you can- can... I don't think you are. Oh. I mean, I'm just saying, I found a full list of current NatureBox (laughs) offerings. 
It is outrageous. So my personal- Nuts, one might say. It's nuts. It's totally nuts. It's clusters. That's I'm trying to make <laughs> that a thing. Uh, right, yeah. It's good. totally clusters, mm-hmm. you guys. Totally nuggets. <laughs> it's totally, totally nuggets. There's like the dusted kind of chickpeas, like mm-hmm. crunchy. I love crunchy things. But there's also just kind of, there's like mac and cheese stuff in here. What? Yeah, mac and cheese with veggies, Italian pasta and bean soup. But what? There's, yeah. They have soup now? Quinoa and couscous with summer veggies if you're if you're in like a healthy kind of, kind of mood. Yeah. They've also got like mini cocoa Belgian waffles. You can just eat a whole meal now. You could definitely eat- all right, a, You eat, get all of your meals. You could eat me, multiple meat, multi-meal. You can only eat Nature Box. Blueberry Nom Noms, Jake Classic. Cla- They've got Why? peanut butter okay. Nom Noms. Blueberry nom noms. They got all. They got all your nom noms in here. Dark cocoa nom noms. Whole wheat strawberry figgy bars. Not like everything Jake is approved. a nom nom. <laughs> they can't all be nom noms, Jake. <laughs> if you go to naturebox.com/thumbs, you can get two of these things sent directly to your address for free. That is naturebox.com/thumbs. It's delicious. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the best, easiest, fastest, most user-friendly, most intuitive, cleanest, and most responsive way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. You've gotten really good at that. So if you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year you get a domain name thrown in there as well. So it's there's no reason not to. Squarespace is totally uh, the best way to just go and get a website up without having to worry about it at all. You don't need a credit card to sign up, so you can immediately just start making your website for free before you commit to anything. I mentioned a while ago uh, on the podcast that I used Squarespace to make my wedding website that had like directions and stuff. When you're planning a wedding, like you don't want to have to think about Anything that you don't have to think about. So it was the easiest thing to do to just set up that website. And in the intervening time, we we are planning to go to multiple additional weddings over the next several months. And I've noticed, I can't help but notice that multiple of those wedding websites were also created in Squarespace. So, yes, it it is the clear, I think, the clear and agreed upon no bullshit way to have a very attractive looking website that you don't need to think about very much, but that everyone who's viewing it will find maximally compatible with all their devices and very pretty. You don't need any design skills or coding skills or anything. Um, So that's squarespace.com. You can start making your site immediately without committing to anything. When you are ready to go live, use the promo code THUMBS at checkout for 10% off. Get that domain name if you get a year. Squarespace, it's just the best. That's my, I mean, I was just suggesting that as yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. bye. Video games. Hey, we're back. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Do you two people want to hear some mail from the readers? Yeah. Good, because that's what you're going to get. Scott writes, hi, Thumbs. Enjoyed your discussion on the last episode about the new Deus Ex game. You all spoke about your frustrations with the first mission. Although Chris said he's never worked on a game of this scale, I mean, I've technically worked on a game of that scale, but just not of that type. Um, you all have worked on games of varying scales. I'm wondering, do you think this type of hand-holding slow rollout mission is almost a requirement on any game that could be considered a AAA release? I wonder and ask if a developer developer has to legitimately say to themselves, this might be the first video game this person has ever played. 
Now, obviously, more and more people are playing video games these days, but there is sort of a weird assumed language of sorts for most large video games released. Years of built-in knowledge is hard-coded into a lot of players' heads. Even though I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare 2, I'm pretty confident if I picked up the latest game in the series, I'd be quick on the uptake as far as gameplay and whatnot goes. That said, a lot of these slow rollout tutorials that introduce basic game systems and even basic controls often present themselves as if you've never played a video game in your life. Do you think the big studios simply have to do this because they figure some person X may have finally just decided to buy a console and this is the first game they bought? As someone who doesn't make video games for a living, I would find this thought incredibly stressful. It does <laughs> seem like it is the type of decision that affects this medium specifically and not, not yeah. others. Yeah. Thanks for the pod, Scott. I mean... There are playtesting session, sessions. Se- I can't, eh, never mind. Hmm. <laughs> no, but no, like when you're making a game uh, and you watch people trying to play it, it is often shocking how mm-hmm. bad they are at playing it. And so then I think if you do that enough, you start to panic about what the experience of this is going to yeah. be for people. But my favorite solution <laughs> to this is to simply have, and this is not like necessarily an easy solution in every case but like to simply have the menu option when you're starting the game like there's always that like uh like the normal whatever difficulty or whatever but then the sub menu that's and then like, like i've played this before and i'm a pro or oh, like, the, the you know, hurt like, me plenty if yeah you hurt me plenty yes hurt me plenty is is, is what i'm describing yeah versus like i don't know what i'm doing classic don't Beatles hurt, song don't hurt yeah <laughs> Yep. Nick Nick Brecken chose the hurt me plenty option in Planet Coaster, which is why oh, yeah. his his first ride ended up taking the turn that it took. <laughs> the ride is called Hurt Me Plenty. <laughs> Sponsored by Burger Chief. Yeah. <laughs> King beef or whatever the fuck it is. The beef chief. Isn't Burger Chief a brand from Mad Men? It's actually a real brand okay. that they use Burger in Chef. Mad Men. Yeah. Burger, Burger Chef. Chef. Burger, Burger Chef. Chef. Yeah. Yeah. Just one so step Burger away chief. from old Burger yeah. Chief. Yeah. 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 Hurt me plenty. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a good way to go. I mean, I think the I think you're right though that the the reason this frequently happens, you know, having been on the other end of those is also, yeah. I mean, you really can't assume any particular level of expertise no. on the part of a player. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if treating them like an idiot is necessarily the right choice. It's hard. I don't know what the right choice is, but I think that probably the nature of play tests makes you think about those problems. Like, affects the way you think about it also, right? Because if a player spends $60 on a game and then they have trouble navigating it in the first several minutes, they're not going to just, like, never play it again, probably. They're, I mean, I, that could be the case, but, like, probably most of them are going to... Like, playtests just aren't necessarily indicative of how someone's going to act in their own home with a completed game that they spent a bunch of money on. Yeah. You yeah. know? That, that's the thing you just have to... It's it's hard to keep a clear head about, but you have to. When someone is in a playtest, it seems I feel like even when I'm playtesting stuff, like as a playtester for a friend or you know yeah, just yeah. another Bay Area company, there's an urge in my brain to just sort of put the controller down and throw up my hands because literally the person who made the game is right there, and either they will tell me what to do or mm-hmm. uh, or I'm just like I didn't I don't know if I even want to play this game. I'm here to play test it as a play tester. You know, I didn't spend sixty bucks on it, so it's it is easy to get right. up and walk away. I mean the instinct I the thing that I have is a different impulse, which is like I better get this right because there's mm. people watching me. So like I should be able to figure this out. But it's different than the kind of I should figure this I out my on gi- my own time where I might just like lean back in my chair and kind of like flick the stick yeah, around I, a bit. I, and I, have, like, I have both whatever. impulses fighting with each other where I'm like, I, I better figure this out. But then I'm just like, oh, but if, if I'm not going to figure it out in the next three minutes, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm playtesting this. And I, I want 
I'm yeah. sure well, what they want is for me to just fucking get through this thing. So I I'm gonna just poop around until someone gets me through it. Or, but I, in a good play test, they're not gonna do that. No, I know, but it just makes me start sweating. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. real bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, as a designer, you you have to or developer of any kind, you have to know that that's that sort of weird thing is going on in players' heads. But also, or rather, and also, even if you make all of the best choices, the amount of time you have to correct for that isn't necessarily like it seems like it would be it's easy to say like oh game developers for business reasons or for like uh i don't know dismissive or like like uh vaguely misanthropic reasons or just like oh well people don't even know what the blah but i think that a lot of times it does come from good intentions that meet up against a bad production schedule or Mm -hmm. uh you know a misread or an overcorrection you know um and then I think with enough examples, that stuff just kind of becomes best practice. Yeah. Whether or not it's actually good practice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It seems like the sort of thing that, honestly, people have gotten a little bit better about in the last oh, few years. Sure. Like, it feels like so. have. Yeah, PS2, definitely. original Xbox era up through sort of mid PS3, Xbox 360 was when it was just like, walk forward and wait for a tutorial to tell you mm-hmm. what to do. You look did up, the action. Look down, look left, yeah. look yeah. right. Turn around. You can solve that by having a person uh, in a headset of your character saying, "We want to calibrate your eyes." <laughs> Look around. I actually remember when I first saw that in the original Halo. I thought it was incredibly clever how they. I think they used that to infer whether you wanted your sticks to be inverted. Yes, that, well, that, that was like I thought that was really good. Yeah, brilliant. Good Look up. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that, yep. was, uh, that was so smart. Yeah, Bungie no. is so good at finding those little things. You know, those like little tiny things. That are just like piggybacking on existing conventions, but like making it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Well. Anyway. It's anti gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I can understand why they went overboard on Deus Ex in particular, though. I don't even that, think they went overboard. It's not that, like, it was not a particularly egregious example of it relative to a lot of games. Mm. It, the, the Deus Ex example, the, the frustrating thing for me was not any of the tutorial hand-holding stuff. It was more just like, uh, this level just feels like a disposable, uh, yeah, not sure. part of the real game thing. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, even more it does even more to me now. Mm. Um, having played so much more of the real game, which is, just has nothing in common with you know, that one almost. Anyway. Yep. Um, Frederick Sandstrom writes, Hey, Idle Thumbs crew. After hearing your discussion about Ethleets, I had to write in about the strange development regarding a popular TV show here in Sweden. Ethleets. Mustarnus Mustair, trans- I'm sure that's wrong, Translation Champion of Champions is a reality game show where 12 athletes compete in physical and mental challenges. Each week they compete for points in different challenges. The athlete with the fewest points each week has to choose and challenge another athlete except the week's winner to an elimination duel. The loser of the duel has to leave the show. The participants stay together in a common house in the Mediterranean for the duration of the program. The final two athletes face off in an ultimate challenge where the winner is crowned the champion of champions. Together with the competition part of the show, there is also a reality show part where each week the show focuses on one athlete and goes through their story and background. What the contestants all have in common is they're all retired and have been a gold medalist in their sport. Previous winners have been the likes of boxing middleweight Armand Kranjic and NHL player Peter Forsberg, all pure badasses. Sorry for mispronunciation. The show has been exclusively for athletes until now. When snowboarder John Olsen got injured before the filming of the next season, they needed a replacement, and in came Emil Christensen, more known as Heaton, former professional Counter-Strike player. Mm-hmm. 
Instantly, this was met with a lot of controversy, primarily from a former contestant's comment about the inclusion of esports in the show as a joke and calling for a boycott of the show. There's been a lot of support for Hepan with Facebook groups pushing for his inclusion since earlier seasons. What a waste of life boycotting this. Yeah. In my opinion, Hepan is perfect for the show. He's physically fit and has a strong sense for competition. He has the accomplishment as the most successful athlete in Sweden while also having a great backstory. I think this will be a very interesting season and would like to hear your opinion on this situation. Are athletes athletes? Regards, Frederick from Sweden. P.S. Athlete is the best and worst word. I, I read this email in part because of its just casual use of athlete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Highly approved. It's too bad he wasn't a Lord's Management athlete. That's true. Too bad he's a Counter Striker. You do every once in a while get the buff athlete. Oh yeah, I'm a fan of that like sub archetype oh, yeah. of like the ripped athlete who mm-hmm. like spends thirty percent of their time like gotta get your APM up, man. Out. Yeah, yeah. I don't. When I, are athletes athletes? I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is golf a sport? <laughs> Petition to rename golf athletes athletes. <laughs> More like athletes, am I right? <laughs> uh, one day golf will become an e-sport when it's played entirely through in Tiger Woods. Through room space EA VR. Sport, so. <laughs> right, yeah. When's Madden going to become an Olympic sport? Come on already. IOC. All right. Dan Reeves writes, Spoilers 2, Judgment Day. Hey, Thumbs. Last week you were talking about spoilers and trailers, which reminded me of Terminator 2. Oh, that's a good trailer. There's a great article about it on the Dissolve, but here's a quote anyway. Rewatching they, they, this, this was a disagreement with that claim, Jake. Mm. Oh, Rewatching Terminator 2 Judgment Day, it's actually frustrating to see how carefully crafted the first half hour is, how thoroughly it takes advantage of audience assumptions, all in order to floor oh. them with a big reveal when Patrick and Schwarzenegger's Terminators yeah. face off over a terrified John Connor, and Schwarzenegger is the one who saves John's life and hustles him to safety. Counting Cameron's first run at these characters and this basic idea, it took around seven years to build up this fake out. And just a couple minutes of trailer and a tagline, this time he's back for good, to blow it. It's one of the dumbest marketing missteps of all time, at least in terms of audience experience. And this is from an article on <coughs> thedissolve.com. The Cheers, Yeah, ben I mean, Reeves. that's sort of true, although when you're watching that movie, and I might be wrong about this, but I think the fact that there are two Terminators kind of like... Even before that, like scene in the first thirty, like at the end of the first thirty minutes, I feel like your your brain is probably figuring out, like, oh, why are there two Terminators? Oh, there's probably some kind of yeah, maybe. Mm. I that, mean, that's a totally that is a totally fair criticism. The thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about the the, the Terminator Two trailer being cool is um, maybe we didn't maybe we didn't talk about this uh, on the podcast. We talked about it on the forums, but trailers that have footage made entirely for the trailer oh. and use the use takes entirely for the trailer at least the teaser for t2 was just shots of the crazy terminator endoskeleton that you see at the end oh, of yeah. terminator no, one being totally assembled yeah. Yeah. like it's a fucking it was, crazy robot just, factory that then like injection mold skin yeah. on arnold that was more of a thing because after we had this conversation last week i went up and looked looked at like the original like um like jurassic park teaser and stuff like that and it was just like weird footage of like a microscope with amber and just stuff that was just not in the film at all yeah um, I thought was that was more of a, a tradition. I think. Um, I mean, I guess we have like teaser trailers now, but they're more like it's actual like, trailers that have just been like cut down to like thirty seconds or something. And in the, yeah, in that in that thread, there were two like really high concept comedy trailers linked, both of which were just essentially promo pieces for their films that were jokes. So like mm. there was an Albert 
Oh, the Albert Brooks Albert thing. Brooks movie yeah, called yeah, Real yeah. Life. I've seen that. Where it's it's actually a really clever trailer. The 3D, he's, the 3D yeah, glasses. Yeah, he spends the entire yeah. time just directly addressing the audience in the movie theater, and it opens by saying, please put on your 3D glasses now. The gag being no one in the audience has 3D glasses because they're not watching a 3D right. movie. And then it just goes, like the rest of the trailer is just like blurry red and blue thing with <laughs> right, Albert got the little, Brooks like, constantly uh, like throwing his hand into the, little, the camera. The little paddle it's with the ball good. too at the end. It's right. He like, brings in like a professional paddle ball player to yeah. just paddle ball into the audience. So that was a goofy thing. And then the trailer for Spinal Tap is just Rob Reiner saying, hi, I'm Rob Reiner. I just made my first movie Spinal Tap and we don't really have a trailer ready. Um, so I've prepared this. And it's just this weird like cheese documentary for for two minutes that is like good. has nothing to do with anything i remember for monsters inc and especially I, I think more notably the incredibles pixar did little shorts like the 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 incredibles trailer was mm. just like the camera pans past all of the the newspaper clippings of mr incredible's life then the phone just like a little 50s phone goes mah, mah, mr incredible we need your help and then you just see the montage of him grabbing all of the pieces of his suit off the rack mm-hmm. and then his belt doesn't fit anymore and then it's just like a wacky looney tune of I a fat this. old man trying to put a belt on right. that's like two sizes too small that's a thing that games do now yes games often have just like character trailers that have that are not often don't even depict the kinds of things that anyone does in the game. They're like, right. this character at home, and it's basically a gag. It was funny. When I saw... Guess what? I'm going to talk about Team Fortress. I know. It felt like Meet the Heavy was very much a callback to yeah. that Incredibles short, uh-huh. partly because of that aesthetic. But it also sure. feels like that was one of the games that set the tone for that. Remember how good the orange box was, guys? Jake Rodkin, <laughs> yeah. Jake Rodkin says... Yeah. Remember, how, remember that orange crazy. box? Remember those good times? Yeah. What a crazy release. Um, to go back to the film trailers real quick, because I this email made me think about a sensation I've often had that didn't come up last week or whenever it was we were talking about this, which is that I, I've often thought when I'm sitting in the theater watching a, tr- a movie or, or even at home, but I think most often in, in a in a theater, because that's when the movie's new enough that it would even be possible to be seeing it without mm-hmm. preconceptions. I'm, I'm often struck by how directors create movies as though marketing doesn't exist. You know, like very like movies, even movies with huge, like massive actors with like that who are globally recognized. Mm -hmm. Often you'll see a movie where like that character's appearance is presented as though it's surprising or like they're introduced in a way that's like Mm -hmm. clever or interesting or just like the way a plot is introduced. It's in a way that is like there's something sort of naive, charmingly naive about the way that a lot of directors still film movies which I totally appreciate which is like acting as though the person wa- it's like designed for the perfect audience member right it's like this film was made in good faith as though everyone watching it hasn't actually seen the fucking movie poster and the trailer and knows what it's about you and know though that. that's and probably like, because that's a bigger percentage of the movie going audience than you think it is as a person maybe, maybe, film I mean like well, at you, post release as well right you got to think about like finding that thing it's on, on Netflix TV, but or, like the yeah. number of people who still recount stories of oh when I was in high school I worked at the box office of a theater and the number of people we would walk up that would just say what's playing what's good mm. what is surprisingly high where that's they're like probably oh, going down all the time but I'm, yeah probably I'm sure still, it is but just you know decent yeah um, yeah yeah or the number of people who watch a trailer and then it just washes in and out of their brain and they go, oh, I'll probably see that. And then, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that people really like the comfortable familiarity of, you know, whatever. I know that Johnny Depp is in this movie, but I'm still going to relish the reveal mm-hmm. to sure. confirm yeah. my and like sort of, you know. 
Yeah, so well, my with, expectation will be properly mm-hmm. stated. Right. That is, that even is, with even with Terminator Wyatt. Two, I, I feel like yeah. that's that was a, that was probably a calculated thing in some respect. Where like, oh yeah, they're probably gonna know that that right. he's like the good Terminator. But the fact that they know means that they're just like on the edge of their seat, just waiting for that moment. Wait, and then when it happens, you're, you're waiting. Like, for, oh, you're he's, waiting he's for the, the turn. Yeah, yeah. It is though. It is really kind of like almost magical though when you do see a movie and don't already know that stuff, and the reveal does have the full brunt of its effect. Like, there is something yes. kind of incredible about that experience. Oh, it's the best. It's yeah. the best. But the second best is at least yeah. sure. when it's still handled it's so still well, working. you appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah, totally. Take that, dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> Being mm. generally correct, and we agree with your opinion. All right. Josh Ling writes in with nothing but a YouTube link, uh, which is amazing, which I watched before this podcast, so I know what it is. So I'm going to play it for you. Uh, the name of this YouTube video is Julia Stiles in Ghostwriter. And this is a clip of a show I'd never heard of. Maybe Jake would be probably the one most likely to know of this. A show called Ghostwriter. I know of it, but I, haven't, I didn't watch it. From Wikipedia, the series revolves around a close-knit circle of friends from Brooklyn who solve neighborhood crimes and mysteries as a team of young detectives with the help of an invisible ghost named Ghostwriter. So that's... That's what this is. Yeah. So here's here's a very good forty-seven seconds of Julia Stiles, a very young Julia Stiles. This is a TV show on Ghost Red. This mm-hmm. was a TV show that mm-hmm. it, yeah was by um by Children's Television Workshop, oh, uh, okay. Sesame Street people, I guess. So by HBO. <laughs> Sorry, let me start that over. Okay, did not my volume up. How about letting me write about the hacker for the next issue? Do you know anything about hackers? Can you jam with the console cowboys in cyberspace? What? Ever read Neuromancer? Huh? Ever experienced the new wave? Next wave? Dream wave? Or cyberpunk? I didn't think so. I'll handle the hacker stories. Yeah, I guess you should. Where'd you learn about all this hacker stuff? In there. She's pointing to a computer. It's a world where you're judged by what you say and think. Not by what you look like. A world where curiosity and imagination equals power. We need more paper. Let's go, people. Work with me here. Work with me. She ends looking longingly at the computer. Man. So, thinking to herself, one day Twitter will exist and everything I've said will be undone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day Facebook <laughs> will disprove my <laughs> perfect world. Yeah. So, uh... Hmm. In conclusion, quadrilateral cowboy is yeah. going into beta <laughs> for Mac and Linux this week. No, uh, <laughs> good. That's that. Yeah, that's there's good. That, no, that's yeah, good. That's, that's important. That's, yeah, that's important that's, cyber that news. All right, so cyber news. Um, <laughs> let's see. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that chair, Jesus. Mm, some good clicking. Jacob Lickers writes. Hey Thumbs, thanks for talking about RimWorld so much. It prodded me to pick up the game and I've fallen into a bit of an obsession. The game strikes a perfect level of difficulty that other survival and strategy sims rarely attain. Despite the immense amount of random number generation in the system, it consistently rewards and punishes my strategic decisions in very satisfying ways. So far, I've been able to trace every disastrous colony collapse back to one or more terrible decisions or oversights on my part. 
Anyway, Chris's story about his Nick Brecken barf chair is pretty funny because in all the hours I've put into the game so far, my colonists have also produced exactly one piece of furniture art. It was also a chair, also constructed in a prisoner's cell, and it was also seemingly the tipping point that finally enabled me to recruit a particularly stubborn prisoner. I first noticed that the title of the chair was Sympathy and found that amazingly fitting considering its purpose. But that's good. But then I read the description. The work is engraved with the image of a gun. A sight master smiles at the left part of the image, and the work is shaded in hues of orange and red. Which was still bizarrely apt, but in a much more sinister way. I guess the colonist who built it was getting as frustrated at spending so much time and food on the recalcitrant prisoner as I was. Love the podcast, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Is a sight master a real thing? Is that know. a thing? Is that like someone who makes gun sights? And then, yeah, probably. Huh. Pretty good. Can't beat that furniture art. Um, all right. Uh, and we have one more email that I, uh, I, I, I am happy to share with you guys from Jackson Choi, who writes in saying the Batman loves him. A criminal guy has a blog with other predictive text things. Oh, good. Okay. So it turns out the Batman loves him. A criminal wasn't from a collection of gener of predictive text, Batman episodes. It's from a just general collection of predictive text things that someone puts together where they just find like a corpus of similar materials on the internet and then generate more of those. Uh, so here's one. The, the, the most recent one on the blog right now is a generated um, review of the catacombs of Paris on Yelp. So <laughs> presumably this was created by feeding into it every, like, every review, review of the catacombs of Paris on Yelp. And I'm going to read it now because I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> your review for the catacombs of Paris is now live. That's like the little Ajax alert at the top of the page. I have visited the graves of the tour groups who died from being embarrassed to be underground. The line was literally hundreds of thousands of people stacked up and organized by blood-sucking vampires. I took a small walk down the crazy stairway to the bottom of the city. It was raining heavily in the tunnels. So many ghosts every time I go down there, which is certainly not a problem, but I personally wanted to punt them up to the surface. Don't get sunburned in the catacombs where the bones are creepy and the ceilings are allowed to touch you. I got an audio headset for five euros, but it said only a fraction of what I thought it would say. It said that the City of Lights was worth a visit. It said that I was lucky to be cool. Not sure why it said kids arrive in winter. <laughs> it took 12 hours to read the history of bones. I heard that bones are real and actually a good health hazard that you need in your face. I heard that the bones were from Bone Church. <laughs> I saw a long line of skulls and femurs and bones across the street from the exit of the catacombs. These people died from taking pictures of people who died from taking photographs of the tour guide. The history of the catacombs is so hard to recommend. I think about the catacombs in my head, and it hurts so I don't think about it for many years. Not to be a jerkwad or even a dead believer, but I think everyone in Paris should indulge in a horror spiral. Upon exiting the catacombs, I had fun with my son. We visited many other Parisian vacay spots and shallow puddles, and suddenly there was no reason to be. <laughs> 
My son is so awesome, and I recommend going to see this kind of person. Did it give a star rating? Three, three out of five stars. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, don't miss the catacombs of Paris. I won't. Good. There's a lot more on that blog. It's very good. Oh, what is the name? I should tell people the name of the blog. Eh. No? You don't think I should? We'll figure it out. I don't. Uh, they won't. Please tell them the name of the blog. Uh, it is Sweet Dreams and Goals and Objectives and Demands, which I hope is also just an arbitrarily generated <laughs> yeah. title. All right. Well, that's out of thumbs for you. Eat that. Come to our PAX meetup. It's <laughs> it's on. Hey, it's, shithead. <laughs> it's this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. At the, Enough with the pleasantries. At the, at the Diller Room in Seattle. Go there and buy drinks and food. It'll be good. And uh, and we'll be there. Nick might be. Nick, you should come to PAX. Nick's definitely oh, okay. going to be there. Jake declares it. Mm. You can write us reader mail at questions at idlethumbs.net. You can sign up for our newsletter at any of the pages at the bottom of idlethumbs.net or at tinyletter.com slash idlethumbs. I hope that's a real URL. I think it is. Um, Jake, why don't you find out? You've mentioned it multiple times this week. Yeah, so so it better be real. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash idlethumbs, at facebook.com slash idlethumbs, um, all of our other podcasts are on idlethumbs.net slash shows. And, uh, oh, well, we still have the Coldbloom available on the store. We've sold sold through about half of the uh, the reorder. People love so, these Coldblooms. I know, people love these Coldblooms. So they're still going fast. So if you want a Coldbloom, a, uh, a Jeff Goldblum emblazoned beer koozie or, or drink, temperature insulator for any drink, uh, go to store.idlethumbs.net before we run out again. Those are there, along with T-shirts and stickers and art prints and other cool stuff. That tiny letter link totally works. Oh, good. Tinyletter.com slash idlethumbs. Idlethumbs.net shows. YouTube.com slash idlevideos. Tinyletter.com slash twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. URLs. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>I love computer and video games. Um, Dot com. I love CVG. May it rest in peace. <laughs>